Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Remember, we were in Australia one time, ministering to Renee. We were ministering to this lady, and Renee prophesied over her that she had a, way, a wayward teenager that was coming home. We didn't know at the time that she prophesied that, but she had a daughter that she hadn't seen in three years. Run away from home, teenage daughter. The daughter called her the next day. The next day. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Three years they, they hadn't spoken. She hadn't seen her daughter in three years. There's power in the declaration. The next, the next day she calls. They meet up. Their relationship gets restored. The mother who the mother at the same time as we were ministering her, she got completely physically healed of some stuff, emotionally healed of some stuff. The next year we go back and they came up to the front to the stage to give a testimony at the service, and we literally didn't recognize who she was from the year before. She was so completely different until she started telling the testimony. And then we're, oh, that's the same lady. And that's her daughter who, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm just about to get myself excited. We haven't even jumped in yet. You know, we, uh, we're, we're closing off this year. What an amazing year it's been as a house. God's doing so much incredible stuff. We believe that, that that's only going to increase because that's his nature. That's who he is. God never does anything that he intends for it to decrease, that he wants to take us from glory to glory. So what he's, what he's done, he's going to keep on doing, and he's going to do with increase. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So we believe that God's taking us into greater seasons, all right? and that doesn't even have to be a prophetic word. That's just the nature of God. That's who he is. He's ever-expanding. It is quiet in here tonight. <laughs> He's ever expanding. Amen? And when God spoke that the world was formed, the heaven was created, and how many people know that with one word that God spoke and the universe came into being? But how many people know that that same universe is still expanding today? That when God speaks, things go into motion. And sometimes you don't even need a prophetic word. You just need to say yes to the word that's already been released. God wants to take you to increase because that's his nature. This side of the room isn't sure yet. That's all right. I still got 40 minutes. I'm going to get you. But listen, he wants to take us from glory to glory because that's his promise. Sometimes we just need to say yes to the word that's already been spoken. Because there's power in the word. And there's power in the spoken word and the declaration. And you know, we love when God shows up. We love when God restores marriages. We love when God restores relationships. We love when God restores bodies. But why do we love those things? Because they're evidence that he's near. Listen, I, I, love, I love the miraculous, but I don't love the miraculous more than I love God. I love the miraculous because I love God. 
And the, the reality is that I'm not impressed with the miraculous as much as I'm impressed with the fact that this God who created everything loves his children so much that he still chooses to step into impossible situations and declare his love. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And so as we go from glory to glory, where are we going? And, and really, we are creating a place, our, our heart, our desire, our role, really, not just as Bethel Austin, but as the church of Jesus Christ, the church of God, is to create a dwelling place for God. I'm just going to wait until it sinks in, and then you get excited about it. So... I got all night. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, that we have this role to create this dwelling place for God to come and rest, for God to be comfortable, to feel invited in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. God can show up wherever he wants. Amen? But he likes to show up where he's invited and where he's made to feel welcome. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about specifically something, uh, this slice of, of the nature of heaven, the culture of heaven that God can come and rest in. And I want to talk about the power of encouragement tonight. Because encouragement mirrors the culture of heaven. How many people know that God is good at encouraging people? <laughs> How many people know that Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? And Jesus went around always pulling the best out of people, pulling people up higher, calling the gold out in people. How many people know that people felt better about themselves just being around Jesus? And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That there's, that there's a culture, there's a, a, this this creating this atmosphere where God feels comfortable to come in, rest. But I want to tell you that encouragement is a key part of that culture. And we're going to dig into some of the reasons why. It's that our assignment is that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. God's a good God, and he's a good father. Encouragement is the atmosphere of heaven. That, that the Bible tells us, Psalms 2, that he inhabits the praise of his people. That he inhabits, I've said this again and again and again, that he inhabits our praise. But how many people know that praise isn't just singing with, with instruments? That is one form of praise. How many people know the testimony is also praise? When we talk about his goodness, his nature, that's praise. How many people know that when we encourage, when we call the gold out in someone that he's created in his image, that's also praise. Listen, did you, do you realize that when you, when you give praise to the created, it, it praises the creator? If you give honor to the art, it honors the artist. Listen, listen, we want to praise God in all that we do. I, that's a good point for an amen. Right there, that's, I just, that's, a, that's a slow pitch right there. We want to give God praise in all that we do. Amen? 
Listen, instruments and song is one form of praise. Testimony is another form of praise. Encouragement to each other is also a form of praise. Now listen, he inhabits the praise of his people. If you want God to come and to feel comfortable, to feel invited, to come and rest in this place, one of the ways that that happens is us praising and encouraging each other. It creates a place where he wants to come and rest. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> you know, Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, it tells us, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, that our, our words create worlds. You know what, you know what the, the demonic doesn't mind is a good fight. Listen, now that got, it did get quiet there. <laughs> Listen, what they don't mind is you engaging them in fight, you wrestling continually with them battling because you are now distracted from your assignment. Do you know what the demonic hates is love and joy? <laughs> Those are the very things that they're trying to distract you from. But we have the ability to say no to the distraction and actually engage with the ass assignments. And that when we, when we step into the realm of praise and we step into the realm of encouragement, we're actually fighting the battle on the correct playing field. We're actually shifting atmospheres. Oh, come on, I'm, uh, that's good preaching right there. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, amen. Somebody say, preach it, preacher. Somebody say, that's a good word. All right, I'm feeling warmed up. <clears throat> Listen, we're, we're stepping into the correct battle. We're actually creating atmospheres and realms where God can come and rest. Where two or three, thank you, Rusty, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. Do you know that that, 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 that gathering in the midst, two or three gathered in his name, is not just an intellectual understanding. It's not just head knowledge of Jesus. If that was the case, then any time two unsuspecting Christians got on the same elevator, God would just show up and people be crawling out of the elevator. What do I have to do to get saved? No. Look, it's not just like head knowledge. No, it's heart knowledge. It's, it's heart awareness. It's when, when I come with this awareness of who God is and who the, he says that I am, and you come in that same place, and we come together and we synergize in that place, there God starts to rest in our midst. But do you know what helps you get to that place? Is when I call out the gold in you. When I encourage you. When I tell you how amazing you are. When I tell you what God thinks of you. When I tell you what the good things that I see in you. And when you do the same for me, that's part of this, this abiding place. And God comes and rests in that place. 
Do you know half the testimonies that we share from up here, we don't even know that they happened until the testimony comes. Why? Because it's not us praying for hours, trying to see breakthrough. We're just worshiping Jesus, and he's there. And people do what? They walk into the midst. Thank you. I'm trying. (laughs) We're going to get there together. Come on. You and me, I like you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. We're going to jump into some, some realms, some forms of, of encouragement. And there's, there's several different ways. We're going to jump in to some specifically. If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians 14. Thank you, Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of healing, the gifts of prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, gift of wisdom, all those things. In 1 Corinthians 12, in chapter 13, it's the love chapter, and the greatest gift is love, and it talks about love throughout the whole, the whole chapter of chapter 13, but I want us to realize that this is one conversation. This is, this is one stream of thought that the chapter breaks were added in later. But this isn't separate. Chapter 12 is not separate from chapter 13. And chapter 14 is not separate from 13 or from 12. It's one continual thought. And so the gifts are important, but the gifts have to function under the umbrella of love. This is what Paul's establishing. The gifts are important, but they have to function under the umbrella of love. And as soon as he's done making that point, the very next thing he says is this. In chapter 14, verse 1, pursue love, again, that point, and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Verse 3 again. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Look, prophesying is a powerful way to bring encouragement to someone or to bring encouragement into any environment. Anybody in this room ever received a prophetic word that you were encouraged by? Anyone received a prophetic word you weren't encouraged by? No, just kidding. Don't, don't raise your hand. That. <laughs> Look, we're just skimming the surface. We're going to dive into some deeper things in just a second. People are like, I've heard this before. I know we're going to dive in. But it's important to start here. The, the, the prophetic, the prophetic, it opens up people's hearts. The prophetic is telling, God, uh, telling people what God sees in them. It's calling out the gold. You can't not be encouraged when someone tells you the gold that God sees in you. It does something to your heart. It, it, opens, it opens you up. 
to more, and it opens you up to increase. But I want to get a little bit more specific. Those who prophesy, they release edification, exhortation, and comfort. Listen, prophesying is important. If you, if you don't prophesy, it's, it's not a contest, it's, it's not a race, but it is a gift. And what does this gift do? It encourages, it edifies, it builds up, it exhorts. Like, why wouldn't you want that gift? It's about, listen, it's, it's not a reward. It's a gift. And the gift strengthens the body. The gift brings encouragement. The gift creates a place where God feels invited to come and rest amongst our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Let's ask for the gift. But I want us to look at these three words, edification, exhortation, and comfort. The word edification is ikidome, to build up. It comes from the word edifice, a building, a structure. It literally means to build up. To build up what? That you and I, Ephesians tells us, you and I are being built together for a dwelling place in God. That when you prophesy over someone, it actually is part of building them up to being a suitable dwelling place for God. Whew, I want that gift. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Exhortation is paraclesis. Exhortation is paraclesis. Para means to, to be alongside, to be connected to, to be with. Holy Spirit is a paraclete. He's a helper that comes alongside to help, to encourage, to strengthen. But para is to come alongside, and klesis is calling. To call, it's, actually, it's actually to call out. Now listen, there's two ways you can look at it. To call out someone, to call the gold out, to call them into their destiny, into their purpose, into their calling. By someone who comes alongside, what does that mean by a friend? An encourager, someone who's close, your friends, to encourage one another, to build each other up. Thank you, Jesus. But listen, it also could be looked at this way, is to call them up or to call them out to come alongside. To call them up to come alongside the destiny that God has declared for them. I'm trying. <laughs> Listen, you have the power to call someone up to come alongside the destiny that God has declared for them. Somebody say, my words are powerful. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. This, the, the, the paraclete is the Holy Spirit. It comes from the same root word where um, para. Kletos, which means legal advocate. Now listen, the word, the word study that I got into for this, it gives this example. It means, it could potentially mean a personal exhortation that delivers evidence that stands up in God's court. I'm going to read that again. Who wants to hear that again? Yeah. 
a personal exhortation that delivers evidence that stands up in God's court. How, <laughs> how many people know that you're seated in heavenly places? That you are, that you are in Christ Jesus? That you have been given a ministry of reconciliation? That you are made one with the Father? Listen, that your words are powerful. Listen, when you release declaration over someone, from God's account, that's evidence that will stand up in heavenly court. You're actually releasing prophetic legal permission for them to step into the very thing that you declare. Whoa. Well, if somebody you know has financial struggles and you start to declare financial breakthrough over them, you're actually creating heavenly legal precedence that the enemy now has no more rights to touch their finances. Whoa! Thank you, Jesus. If you believe it, if you believe who you are in God, somebody say, I believe. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Comfort is paramuthia, again, para, to, to, to be next to, to come alongside. Muthia is speech. And it, it literally means, it, in the simplest form, it means close speech. But the context is tender, loving, kind speech. Like a mother scooping up a child and soothing the child. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Do you know that the, prof- the prophetic is supposed to be delivered with tender, loving kindness? When you get a prophetic word that came from the seat of heaven, you're supposed to feel like the Father is embracing you at that moment. You know, sometimes that... That part gets missed a little bit in the, in the delivery of the prophetic. But let's embrace that the prophetic is meant to be delivered in tender, loving kindness. Thank you, Jesus. I just quickly, as we talk about the, the, this tender, loving kindness, I just want to hit this quickly. There, are, there is the gift of prophecy that we're talking about that every believer has the rights to, has access to, has, has permission to ask for, permission to receive from the Father. Why? So that you can encourage his bride. So you can strengthen his bride. There is the gift of prophecy, which is a gift which comes from God, which everyone has access to. Then there is the office of the prophet which is an assignment from heaven for a few that have been given for the equipping of the saints. So it's, it's not about if you prophesy at a high level or not. If I prophesy at a high level, I must be a prophet. No, you have a special gift from God and equipping on you to equip the body to be raised up in the prophetic. Do you know, it... it <clears throat> Trusted leaders in the prophetic say it takes about 14 years to develop someone who's already got the call from God. They're called. 
into the office, it takes about 14 years to be developed into that office. It doesn't happen overnight. So there's the gift, there's the office, but then there's what we'll call the recognized prophet. What does that mean? That means you could be called by God as a prophet, but when you step into a new environment, you might not be recognized in that environment yet. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you're not genuinely a prophet from God. It just means that you're not operating in that authority in, in that particular environment. And just for clarity, there are, there are times and places where God will use not the gift of prophecy, that's for edification, exhortation, and comfort, but the office of prophet to, call, to bring correction. And he'll, he'll do that. But when it comes from a seasoned prophet, how many people have, have ever been in that type of, under that type of anointing where you can get corrected but you still feel loved? That's how it's meant to work. But if you feel like God's called you to be a, a prophet, you still can't just walk into any environment and be like, I'm a prophet. Here's the word of the Lord. No, you need to be recognized as a prophet in that environment to move in the full authority that God's put on you. Thank you, Jesus. And in Acts chapter 9, it's the, the story of Paul, Saul's conversion to Paul. You know, on the road to Damascus, he sees a bright light. He gets knocked to the ground. He's struck blind. <clears throat> he holds up, and then God says uh, Ananias to go pray for him. Scales fall from his eyes. Paul's conversion experience. And, and right after that, the Bible says that Paul began to preach boldly in that region, so much so that he stirred things up that, the, that after several days it says that the leaders of the synagogue began to try to, to persecute him, to execute him, to take him out. And so the believers gather and they send him, they send him on to Jerusalem and that's where we're gonna jump in the story. And I love this story because it wraps all these edification, exhortation, and comfort together. Now, Paul meet, is about to meet Barnabas here, and Barnabas means son of encouragement. I want you to listen to this story, Acts 9, 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement, took hold of him to build him up, that language is added, but took hold of him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort or exhortation of the Holy Spirit, they were 
multiplied. Why? Because an atmosphere of heaven was created. But I want you to notice something. They were afraid of Saul because he was known for persecuting the believers, trying to kill them all. So when he shows up in town, all the believers are like, oh, no, it's him. Keep him, keep him away from us. We've heard the stories, and he's trying to say, no, 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 listen, I got converted. I love Jesus now. And they're like, well, we're not sure we trust you. We're not sure about that. But Barnabas, because he's got a gift of encouragement, he grabs a hold of Paul. But listen, not, not just to say, hey, good job, slap him on the back, to actually build him up. To, to call him into his calling, to call him out, to come alongside of the very calling and decree that God has over his life. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He, he calls him out, and then what's he do? He steps in as an advocate and starts to declare to the apostles, no, this guy is genuine. No, he preached with, with boldness in Damascus. No, he had a genuine conversion. He actually becomes... Saul's advocate. And based on Barnabas's word, the rest of the believers trust and invite Paul in. Thank you, Jesus. And what's the result? Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified or built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort or exhortation of the Holy Spirit were multiplied. Listen, God's doing incredible things. He's not going to stop doing incredible things. As long as we keep loving and we keep praising, he's going to keep coming. He's going to keep showing up and he's going to keep showing off. Not so that eyes are drawn to anything we're doing, but so that eyes are drawn to him. Come on, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we want to see Jesus made famous throughout the nations. Come on, and God's given us an assignment for Austin, so let's see Jesus made famous here first so that that light can shine through all the other nations of the earth so that people fall madly in love with their creator. Thank you, Jesus. We want... We want God to come and rest in our midst. Look, if you've been here more than three times, you've heard stories of people just walking in the building and getting healed. Just at a, as, at a mention of the word from the, from the stage, people get healed. Oh, Renee and I had the most amazing moment last week. This, two ladies came up and, and told us that, that their friend got healed of hepatitis B. A declaration was, was made from the stage, and boom, doctor confirmed, healed. Now listen, listen, their atheist friend, who the, according to them is the ringleader of all this group of, that, that they had actually converted many, many people to atheism. Was that atheism? Atheism. Thank you, Jesus. I need help. Listen. That, that because of their testimony, that person came to church the next week when Renee was preaching on the angelic. 
that person had always had encounters in the angelic realm, in the spiritual realm, didn't understand it. That brought understanding because of that. They got born again. And now, and now the whole group of atheists are coming one at a time, starting to get touched, healed, saved. Thank you, Jesus. There's a reason that God wants to show up and show out. It's not so that we can count testimonies or put notches on belts. It's so that lives can be transformed in his love. So that he can get all of his children, all of his kids back. Come on, Jesus is madly in love with the world. Thank you, Father. The way that we encourage each other, the way that we encourage each other is part of this equation that creates a dwelling place for God. Is this making sense? All right, a couple more points, and then we're going to wrap. The, the prophetic um, is, is not the only way, obviously, to release encouragement. That, that the prophetic is telling people the goal that God sees in them. But do you know that sometimes it can be just as powerful to tell people the goal that you see in them? You know, we could, we, you know, we, uh, I did the school of ministry in Reading, and, you know, it's, it is a crazy, hyper-prophetic environment. Like, you literally can have no secrets, like, you, you, you can't. You literally can't. If, like, if you're, like, courting someone, you're, like, you know, you're like, three people come up and be like, hey, I saw you and the, you guys getting married. What's going on there? Like, oh, my goodness. I haven't even told them I like them yet. Like, I mean, it's like that. Like, you're going to move like everyone knows before you tell anyone. It's, it's hyper-prophetic. And there, it's beautiful. When you first come into this environment over and over and over and over, you get 13 prophetic words a day, and it's awesome. It's awesome. But listen, my observation is that as, as the months and years of that go on, there can be a void. Because if you hear over and over again what God sees for you moving forward in the future, that's beautiful and it's amazing. It's encouraging. But if we're not careful, people can feel unseen in the now. So what if we learn to do both? Prophesy what God sees for them coming forward, but also telling them what we see in them right now. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Our, our ability to encourage people. I want to I touch on the science of encouragement for a little bit. Is this all right? <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Encouragement goes goes way beyond just the moment of the encouragement. That it has a lasting effect on people. And that, where am I going to go first? That there, there's been studies on athletes. There was, there was a, a blind study done. It had all these athletes come in, and they did these, these timed uh, trials, these athletic exercises and uh, with no encouragement, not telling them what they were doing. They just did it for a certain length of time, and they recorded their results. Then they came back a week later, and they had split the athletes in group. One group got no encouragement, the same as the week before. Another got slight encouragement, like a few times throughout their, 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 their training. Another one got more consistent encouragement, and one got frequent encouragement. 
Do you know the group that got no encouragement had the same results as the week before? No change. The one that had infrequent encouragement had slight improvement. The one that had more frequent encouragement had vastly improved results. And the one who had the most frequent encouragement had even higher results than that. The only thing that changed was that they were verbally encouraged while they were exercising. The, come on, you can do it, you're amazing, you got this, keep going, I'm with you. Listen, listen, vastly different results. And the only thing that changed was verbal encouragement. There's power in our words. But I want you to notice that it wasn't just encouragement that made a difference, it was the frequency of the encouragement that made the most difference. There's an old. <laughs> Thank you, I'm feeling encouraged. God's about to show up. <laughs> there's a, listen, there's. <laughs> now I'm going to blush. All right. <laughs> there's, an old, there's an old story of a, of a guy whose wife complains and said, you never, you never tell me that you love me. And he says, I told you that I loved you the day we got married. And it's still true, if anything changes, I'll let you know. How many people know that's the spirit of stupid right there? His wife should slap that man, and then there should just be a line of other people behind her to slap him too. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That doesn't create good soil. Listen, I want to ask you, not just... Do you encourage people? I want to ask you, are you good at encouraging people? And I want to ask you, how often do you encourage people? Because encouragement makes a difference. But frequent encouragement makes even a bigger difference. Come on, thank you, Jesus. I want to read this uh, in a... It is scientifically proven that emotions like fear, anxiety, stress, and anger narrow our focus, inhibit our concentration, and decrease our cognitive abilities. However, positive emotions can do the exact opposite. In his book, Social Intelligence, The New Science of Human Relationships, Daniel Goleman explains that heightened prefrontal activity which happens during encouragement, that heightened prefrontal activity, which is associated with positive emotions, enhances mental abilities such as creative thinking, cognitive flexibility, and the processing of information. Now listen, it goes even further. The left... More specifically, the left prefrontal area of our brain, which lights up with activity when we're in a positive mood, is also associated with reminding us of the good feelings we'll have when we reach a long-term goal. What I just say? Listen, your prefrontal lobe lights up when someone encourages you. 
when they call out the gold in you, when they just when they just charge you, when they just say, you can do it, you're doing amazing, you're awesome, come on, you got this, that thing lights up. And in that, your creativity increases, your cognitive reasoning increases, your ability to dream with God increases. But listen, even more specifically, when that, the left prefrontal lobe lights up, you, you, you are reminded of the emotion of what it's going to feel like when you accomplish a long-term goal. <laughs> listen, your moment of encouragement actually puts somebody on track to accomplish what God has for their life. Do you know, in, encouragement is encouraged, actually impart courage to someone. How many people think that God's got big dreams for you? That God has big dreams for this house, that God's got big dreams for this city, that God's a big God with big dreams, and he's not leaving you out. Come on. You're not special enough to get left out. God loves the whole world. Listen, that your encouragement actually connects people, right? That calling to come alongside what God has declared, your encouragement actually connects people to the long-term vision that God has for them and gives them the power and the courage to run after it. Whoo, come on, thank you, Jesus. Uh. Can we get the team up here? Thank you, Jesus. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, Praise be the, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Romans 15, 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. Thank you, Jesus. God's, God's here. But he's going to come, and he's going to keep on coming. Listen, I'm in love with Jesus, as I know you're in love with Jesus. As we started by saying, he's really good at his job. Our job is not to have to do his job for him. I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. That we don't have to run around and try and do God's job for him. That our job is to worship him. Our job is to appreciate him. Our job is to praise him. Our job is to recognize who he is and to get out of the way and celebrate all that he does. Our job is to create a dwelling place for God in the spirit, a place where he feels comfortable to come and rest. Because the more God rests, the more people are going to be healed of stage four cancers. The more people are going to be healed of hepatitis B. The more tumors are going to disappear. The more marriages are going to be restored. And listen, 
The kingdom I'm going after is not that people have to do 20 months of counseling. People walk in the door and bam, something supernatural just happened to their marriage. I don't know what just happened. Everything is different. God's, I just, I just stepped into the forgiveness of the Father and something has changed in me and now I look at you with new eyes. I forgive you for everything that you've done to me and people start melting. I've told this story a number of times here already but I love it so much. The healing rooms back in Reading that we built this place it was really on, on a, an atmosphere of his presence. Encouragement was such a part of that. But the, the story of, of this, this couple, that they were divorced, but they had a, a daughter who was in school of ministry, and it, her graduation, they both flew into town from separate cities. They're divorced, and they flew in from separate cities for her graduation, but they both happened to come to the healing rooms on Saturday morning. The graduation was on Sunday. They come Saturday morning to the healing rooms, not knowing that the other one was going to be there. But they both walk in, and they and they're it's different parts of the room, and they're both receiving ministry. But the presence of God, the love of the Father, comes and touches their bodies and heals them, like heals them in His love and His goodness. But that's amazing. Like that's like, yay, God, we love you so much. But the profound thing, look. It's not the miraculous that we're impressed with. We're impressed with the fact that God loves his people so much, he's still compelled to step into this realm, into our world, and display his love. But he touches and heals them, and they're both on separate parts of the room, but how many people know that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance? God only touches the body to get to the heart. And so not only does God heal them physically, individually, different parts of the room, but out as a result of that, the healing starts to happen in their hearts. The repentance starts to happen in their hearts. The tears, because they realize how close God is and how much he loves them. But in that moment, all this healing, old wounds, just start to disappear, vanish, dissolve. God gives them new clean eyes, new clean filters, and they literally find each other in the middle of the room and start hugging and embracing and repenting and forgiving and weeping and kissing. They get remarried. Jesus restores everything. Let you guys come up here real quick. This is, we're gonna we're gonna let you go in just a moment. We're gonna pray, but I just feel God here so profoundly. for you out there. I was like, oh no, she left the room. But you didn't. It's okay if I encourage you for a moment. I, uh, I was watching you step into worship just at the very beginning, the first song. 
this evening and I was reminded, it's like I was taken back in memory in the spirit to our pre-launch days and we were back at the Omni Hotel and there was a day that you were up on that little makeshift stage and you were up there, it's like right at the beginning, I don't know, first, second song, middle, but God took you into this encounter while you were worshiping and he did something in your heart. But literally this fragrance, this aroma of heaven exploded around her. She didn't know what was happening. She was just lost in God. But she was having such a profound moment that the fragrance of heaven was surrounding her and people around her could feel it. I actually saw that. That day I, I could smell it, but this day I looked at me and I actually saw that dynamic happening again over you worship. Wow. And so I just admire your pure heart, the way that you worship the Lord and the way that you lay down everything that would get in the way of just coming to your Papa and just sitting on his lap and loving on him and it draws everyone into his presence. So we love you and bless you and we're glad that you're here. It's all right if we encourage a couple more people. Just give us three minutes, and then we're gonna we're gonna close. Bob Gibson. Bob, as you can tell, just people hear your name and they just applaud because you're such a such an amazing father. You just display the love of God love of the Father so well. People are drawn into your hug, they're drawn into your eyes just because you see them like a father sees them. And you just create a place of safety, you create a place of encouragement, you you just create a, a place of comfort for those that are around you. And I just appreciate that. I just, I love you and I appreciate you as a father in this place. Brendan Worth, do you want to stand up for me? <laughs> Brendan, I just love your faithfulness and your loyalty. You are such a man um, of steadfastness. Like you're like an anchor in the sea. And I just feel like whoever attaches themselves to you is just anchored by the peace that you carry, by the wisdom that you carry. And you're just such a great dad, but I just see you week after week just showing up, just showing up, just showing up. And you're so loyal and so faithful to the call of God. And I just, I can't wait to see what God is going to continue to do through you this coming year and the years to come. But you're just such a man of faith and steadfastness. And I so appreciate that about you. Come on. So good. Is Drew Wobler in the room? He had to step out. Oh, bummer, he missed it. I'll get him later. Alexi, can you stand up? I just, I literally, I look at, right now I'm looking at you and I see the word integrity written over your head. But I want to tell you not just what I see you prophetically, I want to tell you that more than that, I feel that when I'm around you. It's like, it's like it kind of, it pulses out of you. And you just have such a genuine heart and such a genuine pursuit 
There's no hype about you. You're not trying to fake anything. You're not trying to impress anyone. You're just trying to be real with your family, with your friends, with your pursuit after God. And I feel that. And people feel it around around you. And I tell you that it is a glue, and that glue is going to increase that holds people and communities together. I love your genuineness, Alexi. We just bless you in Jesus' name. I, I have a two-in-one, Lindsay and Adam. Will you guys stand up for me? I just love your creativity. There is so much life that happens around the two of you and you don't just parent your kids well, but you parent other people's children so well. And I feel like the Lord entrusts spiritual kids to you because you've just been so faithful with your own, but you're just such fun people. And I feel like the Lord just loves your sense of adventure. He loves your creativity, and He likes that you guys like to have fun. So I just, I feel like because you've made your pursuit of God fun, your kids are going to have fun following Jesus all the days of their lives. And so I just, I bless you guys. We're so thankful for you guys. There is so much life just surrounding the two of you, and just your marriage is so beautiful to watch. And you guys are both just such examples of godly man and godly woman chasing after the heart of God and always hungry, like always hungry. You're always here and always pressing in for more. And I just, I really admire your hunger and your passion for Jesus. This one's going to be fun. Aaron. <laughs> Our, our, our tiny man back there, Aaron. Yeah, come on, Aaron. Aaron, this message is you, wrapped up. You are such a man of encouragement. And I just, I've learned to appreciate the simple things about how subtle you are, but how powerful you are. You will just walk by and ask a simple question about how things are going. I've received emails from this man while I've been on ministry trips that I don't remember telling him about. And he lists out detailed prayers right when I'm there on the trip. He knows the days. He fe it feels like he's standing there with me, knows what's going on. You're just such a powerful man of intercession, a man of prayer, but you're such a man of encouragement. You see God on everyone. You hear God in every word, and you speak God with your words. And I just so appreciate you who you are as a man, who you are as in this family, and who you are for this house and this city. So we love you, Aaron. Come on. All right. Just before we end, who else would like an encouraging word? That's what I thought. Everybody stand to your feet. Now listen. Well, thank you, Jesus. It, prophecy is a gift, but it's a gift with a purpose. It's to build up, it's to call out, it's to encourage, it's to strengthen. 
It is a gift. Encouragement is also a gift from heaven. So my prayer is that God would make this the most encouraging environment on the planet. Do you know? <laughs> There's Aaron. Come on. <laughs> You know, it's, it's difficult for discouragement and encouragement to cohabit the same place. That this would be a discouragement-free zone in Jesus' name. And more than that, that it would mirror the heart of the Father, that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm convinced heaven's going to be a pretty encouraging place. So if you want to be a part of that culture, that environment, just put your hand on your heart. And we're just going to ask God to, to give us the gift, to increase the gift, to make us, to make it easy. Listen, if you're a great encourager, remember, it's not just the encouragement, but the frequency. So God can increase it. So I just, in a moment, I'm going to pray. I just want you to take about 10 seconds and just between you and God, just ask for the gift of encouragement. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for this community that has one purpose, is to love you, to honor you, to create a place where you feel invited and welcome so that you can show up, that you can be seen as wonderful and kind and just and beautiful. God, come with the power and the gift of encouragement, God. In Jesus' name, everyone who asks, I pray that you would meet their prayer right now and that we would infuse them with an increased gift in that realm. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. So here's what I want to do. A lot of people still looking for encouraging words. So before you go, the team's just going to just go into song. But I just want you to find three people at least to encourage before you leave the building. You can prophesy if, if, if you're comfortable with that. Listen, you can just call out something you appreciate about someone. Listen, you don't even have to know someone. You could have just been near someone while they were worshiping tonight, and you valued the way they worship the Father, and you can just tell them that. But I want you to encourage three people. If you got kids in children's church, go pick up your kids and bring them back in. Let them encourage some people. But God bless you. Let's give praise to Jesus tonight. Can we do that? We give praise to Jesus tonight. Ministry team. We get the ministry team up to the front. If you need prayer tonight, if you need additional encouragement, if you need healing in a body, in a relationship, we're going to have some ministry team up at the front. They're here to pray for you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.